Mark 15, 42 through 16, 8. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for the precious gift of your word. May it be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, back in January, a 36-year-old pilot named Antonio Sena was flying a single-engine plane over the Amazon rainforest. He was carrying diesel fuel for miners operating in the Maikuru Reserve. That territory belongs to indigenous peoples and mines like the one to which Sena was flying, and the ones pictured here are illegal. Antonio Sena knew this and had been reluctant to take the piloting assignment, but he needed the money. And the small bar that Sena operated in his native city of Santarum, Brazil, was providing little in the way of income. Desperate times seemed to call for desperate measures, he thought to himself. Well, about halfway toward his destination, the sole engine on Sena's plane cut out. He took a deep breath and looked down at the canopy of trees below him. He figured he had about five minutes to bring down his plane and the 160 gallons of diesel fuel it was carrying. 
Sena quickly reported his crash over the radio and spotted a small valley lined with palm trees. He figured the palm trees would indicate water and perhaps a river, so he headed that way. He'd heard stories of fatal plane crashes in the Amazon and feared his would be one. His plane scraped some trees and it came down, then hit the ground and finally rolled to a halt. Sena looked around and realized he was alive. He grabbed a pocket knife, a flashlight, a couple of lighters and his phone, and then he raced away from the plane just before it burst into flames. He found the remains of an old Cessna plane nearby and made that his camp. He lit fires during the day like this one and he waited to be rescued. Over the next few days, his heart would leap at the sight of search pilots circling over him. He would wave and scream, but the pilots could not see him. The rainforest was too dense. After several days, he concluded help would not be coming from the sky. So he started walking, knowing the region was full of jaguars, venomous insects, and giant snakes. He headed east toward the Para River. His GPS had indicated just before it had run out of power that the Para River was about 60 miles due east. Sena figured he would find people at that river if he could make it there. He walked in the morning slogging through swamps and ducking under vines. He would use the sun's position as a guide. In the afternoons, he would set up a campsite and use palm trees and branches for shelter. These dwellings were often attacked by packs of spider monkeys. Spider monkeys can be fiercely territorial. But he gave thanks to God for these monkeys, for one day he saw them eating a small bright pink fruit. And so he figured that fruit was safe for humans to eat as well. That fruit would be Sena's only food for the weeks that followed. About four weeks after the crash, Sena finally heard the sound of a chainsaw and he was euphoric. He walked towards it and finally he saw a tarp and then he saw a man cracking nuts beside it. What a blessed sight that was for him. He found Brazilian nut collectors who ordinarily wouldn't be nearly that deep into the rainforest, but hard economic times brought on by COVID-19 had sent them deeper into the rainforest seeking chestnuts. Here's a picture of Sena in a black shirt in the middle surrounded by the nut collectors. He had lost some 55 pounds by that time. Now that is a picture of resilience. Today, Sena has a newfound appreciation for the rainforest and yearns for it to be protected from environmental threats. After all, he discovered firsthand what a gift that rainforest represents. It was the way God had provided for him during those weeks he wandered through it after the crash. He glimpsed the rich biodiversity of the forest and he says he will not work for an illegal mining operation again. Well, the story of Antonio Sena has made headlines all over Brazil. It's been a story of hope in a country that has been hit so hard by the pandemic. Each day when you look at deaths around the world due to COVID-19, fully a quarter, a quarter of those deaths take place in one country, Brazil. The story of Antonio Sena does not take away those deaths, nor does it take away the grief so many in Brazil know today in the shadow of this pandemic. 
But Sena's story does remind Brazilians and us of something true today. Death is not the only story. Death is not the only story. There are other stories, true stories as well, like the story of Antonio Sena. There are stories of descent, stories of crashing down, and then of long journeys of hunger and deprivation and suffering, but stories that do not end with death and defeat. There are stories like Sena's, stories of falling down and then of rising, stories of resilience. Well, for Christians, the mother of all stories when it comes to descent and rising is that very story we are here to celebrate this Easter Sunday morning. The story we have to tell as believers, the story we savor, especially in times like these, is a story of descent so low you could not imagine going any lower. It's a story of descent down to the grave, the grave, down to the depths of hell, and then of rising again. Sena's story involves a pilot who was engaged in illicit activity when he crash-landed. In some ways, Sena's is a cautionary tale about the risks of harming a wildlife sanctuary. It's a story of a man discovering the error of his ways. The story we have to tell on Easter is of a man faithful to God and obedient to God's commandments and called to the bitter end. We read in scripture of a man whose hands brought healing to the sick, food to the hungry, welcome to the one cast out. We read of a man who challenged unjust systems and structures and for this he developed some bitter enemies. Through the, though the scriptures profess he was without sin, this man we read in Mark endured betrayal and denial by his own friends. He was arrested, then unfairly tried, then mocked, then tortured, then abandoned by his friends, save three women, including his mother who kept vigil at the cross. He was mocked even in his death with a placard put on it that read, this is the king of the Jews. On that cross, this man cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he breathed his last, we read in Mark. We read of how Joseph of Arimathea saw to it that the man's body was placed in a tomb and the tomb was sealed tight. This is a story of descent down to the very pit of the grave. In fact, in the Apostles' Creed, Christians confess not only that Jesus died, but that he descended into hell. He descended into hell. What do we mean by that? Well, according to Reformed theologians like John Calvin and Karl Barth, by saying he descended into hell, we mean he endured on the cross, not just the agony of the body, but a profound agony of the soul as he bore the full burden of human sin and its consequences. As Karl Barth would write of that moment, we must not deny that Jesus gave himself up to the depths of hell, not only with many others, but on their behalf, in their place, in the place of all who believe in him. On the cross, as Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me and breathed his last? He experienced God as remote, Bart argued, God 
as adversary. And that is hell. God as remote. God as adversary. And then the story's over, right? Evil triumphs over good as it seems to all too often today. A prophet, teacher, and healer, a vessel of nonviolence and truth-telling is killed for his efforts. Death means the end of a person's story, right? It's the ultimate end game. Sickness, enemies, hunger, isolation, drought, attacking spider monkeys, snakes, venomous insects, all that can threaten death. But there is still hope of recovery. But death, that's the end game. A low from which you simply can't recover. Death defies resilience. And so, as chapter 15 of Mark draws to a close and Jesus' body is sealed in a tomb, a reader might think this must be the end. Except that Jesus had made those predictions earlier in Mark that he would die and rise. And then a new day dawns in chapter 16 of Mark's gospel. A grave shut tight, a tomb that was sealed is opened. Women who had come to Jesus' tomb to anoint his dead body, to just give him a semblance of a proper funeral, see an empty tomb. And they are told Jesus is alive. They're terrified and initially remain silent out of fear, but the cat's out of the bag. Jesus' words spoken earlier in Mark of his impending death and subsequent rising suddenly ring true, and the word gets out and spreads, for we have it. Today, it's come to our ears, the words the women at first were reluctant to share. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It's the mother of all resilient stories, isn't it? It's a story not simply of resilience. It's a story of resurrection. It's a story of one descending all the way down to the grave, all the way to the depths of hell and rising again. And as Christians, our faith not only proclaims he is risen, we proclaim his resurrection becomes ours by faith. As the Apostle Paul famously put it in Romans, we who are baptized into Christ have died with him, and we will rise again with him to new life. Jesus' story of coming back even from the dark depths of the grave becomes our story by faith. This means... No defeat, no suffering, no hardship, no assault, no sense of abandonment or despair, no feeling of isolation, no shame, not even death can mark the end of your story. For Christ went down to the grave, down to the depths of hell, and emerged on the other side. And by faith, his story can not only inspire your story, his story is your story by faith. As people of faith, we may endure incredible suffering. We may wander for weeks in an Amazon rainforest after a flight we should never have taken in the first place. We may find ourselves doing the things we ought not to do and not doing the very things we ought to have done. We may even die, but it's not the end. With Christ, there is no pit, no depth of hell from which by God's power in Christ we cannot rise. For Christ our Lord rose from the dead.
Well, friends, it's now April of 2021, and you are still standing or sitting. And that means you have a resilient story to tell the world. Now, maybe your story is not that as dramatic as that of Antonio Sena. You might not have crashed a plane into the Amazon rainforest before it exploded in paroxysm of flame, but still, each one of you endured a host of struggles this past year. I was talking to a congregation member just the other day who's in education, and she said far and away this last year was the hardest of her career. And if you were to ask me, Pastor Matt, of your 21 years of ordained ministry, what year was the hardest? It would be no contest this past year, from March of 2020 to March of 2021, hands down the hardest. You and I have both known times when death seemed to surround us, a deadly virus loomed at every corner. New challenges with having to navigate technology to communicate with each other threatened to overwhelm every day. National issues like racism and poverty and homelessness and unemployment seemed so vast and intractable it made you want to throw up your hands or erupt in tears or explode in anger or retreat to some private space away from it all. Days I know you and I wondered how we would carry on. And yet now it's April 4th, 2021. Each one of us, even though this pandemic is far from over, each one of us has a resilient story to pass on to future generations. You can say, I endured long months without the nourishment of simple human, in-person community. I wondered some days if the host of challenges before me, like a pack of spider monkeys, would destroy whatever shelter I had built. But then I saw the light of a new day dawning. I saw a human face before my eyes, and what a blessed sight it was. And you and I have more than just a resilience story to hold this April 4th, 2021. We have a resurrection story, a resurrection story. We have a story that lives in you and me. It's a story of how not even death, not even the depths of hell can separate us from the love of God in Christ. You and I can say this Easter morning with a pandemic still raging, ain't no grave gonna hold this body down for Christ our Lord is risen. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. That's the opening line of a song that was written back in 1934. The song was written by a 12-year-old boy from Virginia named Claude Eli. At just 12 years old, Eli had contracted tuberculosis and he was told he would not survive. His uncle Leander gave him an old guitar that Eli could play while he lay for long hours on his sickbed. The family would often gather around Eli to pray. Well, after one of these prayer sessions, Eli said, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. And then he wrote a song accompanying himself with some simple chords. And the song went like this. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise out of the ground. Ain't no grave 
going to hold this body down. It was a song not simply of faith that God might heal him. It was a song that said, even if I die, God still has a future for me. Even death can't separate me from the love of God in Christ. I hold the promise of resurrection in me. Ain't no grave. It was not just a resilient song. It was a resurrection song. Well, Eli did make a miraculous recovery from tuberculosis. And he would go on to become a popular preacher and gospel singer when Eli finally did die. This note was taped to his grave by a congregation member. Dear Brother Eli, you sung it and preached it to us. I know one day you'll come up out of this here ground. Thank you for being so good to us. It made a big difference and we won't forget it. Eli had not only a resilient story to tell, recovering from tuberculosis, he had something better. He had a resurrection story. Well, friends, by the grace of God, each one of you has made it through one long, dark night of a year, and you emerge to see this brand new Easter day. Praise God. But remember, you have not just that resilient story to tell. You have the story of one who went down to the grave, descended into hell, and emerged to see a brand new Easter morning. That man, that Lord, is now at work in you by faith. And so you can say with all confidence, ain't no grave going to hold this body down. For your Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.